Ephesians 5. Ephesians 5. I've been studying through Ephesians for a while, and <clears throat> this particular verse heard a couple messages kind of back-to-back on it, and just continued to study in these scriptures in Ephesians 5. A fan favorite, if you will. You'll know what I mean in a second. Ephesians 5, stand with me if you will when you find your place. Beginning in verse number 22, where it says, Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church. And he is the Savior of the body. Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ... So let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ loved the church, also loved the church, and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word, that he might be present, that he might present it to himself, a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. So ought men to love their wives as their own bodies. He that loveth his wife loveth himself. For no man ever yet hated his own flesh, but nourisheth and cherisheth it, even as the Lord of the church. For we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother, and shall shall be joined unto his wife, and they too shall be one flesh." This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Nevertheless, let every one of you in particular so love his wife, even as himself, and the wife see that she reverence her husband. Lord, we love you. We thank you. We praise you for who you are. We thank you for the order of the home that you give in your word. We pray that you'd help us this morning to grow in the grace and knowledge and truth of your word. We thank you for who you are. We pray for those loved ones. Uh, those friends, church family that are facing uh, circumstances today. We don't understand some even in this very room. We pray, God, that you would touch us, and I pray that you would strengthen our marriage in, with you and individually with our spouses. We love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you for standing. Thank you for standing. I said this is a fan favorite because we don't like hearing these verses. Because it it requires us and challenges us to subject ourselves to our spouses. We are born and the moment we're separated from our mothers, we're an individual creature. Amen? we're We're born and we're our own person. And it's natural, human nature, to be our own person and just want to be me individually. So I've had a lot of prayer in this uh in this, over this message this week, and I've had it for a while, and, and thoughts of the biblical order of the home and how it would strengthen us today. This message this morning is a challenge to Christian marriages, who I believe are the only recognized marriages. I don't believe Christians intend, or, uh, a marriage is intended for lost people. Uh, it, it, it's not intended. 
for lost people to marry. It's not intended for a, a lost person to marry a saved person. A marriage is intended for two Christian people, a man and a woman, Christians, saved, redeemed, to come together in matrimony and be married in the eyes of God. So this message this morning is to challenge Christian marriages, to help us strengthen in the biblical order of our home. I asked Sam this. I'm going to ask you. Mountain View Church Road is a dead-end road, amen? Right? I want people to see Mountain View Baptist Church as a living church on a dead-end road. I want them to know, hey, there's a living church up on that road. There's people up on that road. They're alive and well. And I believe the greatest way we can grab hold of that today is through Christian marriages that uplift the Lord. I think we can bond ourselves together in our marriages and strengthen one another. We can see things go forward in unity. We can see things in our church change. We can see the future of this church preserved, the future of the gospel shared by strengthening our marriages. I can feel that this is just one of those that everybody loves. I can't wait. I've heard one of these before. I've heard some bad messages from this, these, these verses. So I pray and I prayed even this morning that God would give me the words and God, that would, God would prepare hearts to receive words that would help us grow in our marriages. So I'll share with you some icebreakers to begin. I'm not usually, I don't usually try to be funny, but I read some little stories I wanted to share with you. In the garden, God saw that he needed to make a mate for Adam. He came to Adam and he said, I'll give you a mate that will wash your clothes, take care of your cooking, raise your children without bothering you, let you watch all the TV you want, never interrupt you, bring you a meal every night and smile and say, honey, what else can I do for you? She'll have unwavering loyalty to you forevermore. She'll be at your command every moment of every day. Adam said, what's it going to cost me? God said, an arm and a leg. Adam said, what can I get for a rib? That was a good one. That's Adrian Rogers right there. Adrian Rogers, he gets the credit for that one. I read another story. It says, you're going to have to be careful on this. Me and Riley was talking about speaking Chinese this morning. This is a story from China. <clears throat> Mr. Zhang from Chongqing, China, signed a contract that allows his wife to beat him once a week. This man was crazy. The 32-year-old Mr. Zhang is very competitive and never wants to lose an argument. He says the only problem is that his wife knows Kung Fu. When they get, in a, when they get into a disagreement, his wife uses her skill to beat him up. You know, it's, it's funny, but it's true. I find that, that it's just, that's what speaks to my heart with when I think about marriage is how selfish I can be in what I want as a husband, what my expectations are as a husband. You know, we have, we think we're going to get married and we think, man, this is going to be nice. I've got somebody to take care of me and wait on me and do all this and do all that. And we realize as we go, we, we go on that 
that woman is making a choice to love us and, and sacrificing herself for us. And that woman is, is, is making a decision <coughs> to, to, to minister to us in God's intention for a wife to minister to a husband. So we ought not take advantage or expect things that are unfair in our marriages. And for wives, I'm sure, I can't speak from my knowledge, but I, I'm sure the desire to just want to wear that man out every once in a while. I'm sure that's there. Like this old fella, that, that story come from 2009. He might be dead by now. The rate things was going. But you know, it's so true. We get impatient, most impatient, with our spouses. And finding what the Bible says about how we are to manage our marriages and how we are to carry ourselves in our marriages can be so vital, is so vital for success in our marriages. Verse 22, it says, Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. I'm going to tell you first that submission, ladies, it's not slavery, nor is it intended to be. See, our society today especially wants to tell young women not to submit to any man. And I believe it's because we've got the viewpoint of submission mixed up. Now, submission, this isn't talking about a man to rule over a woman with an iron fist. This isn't talking about a man, we'll, we'll get to the men in a minute. There's a lot more written to the men than to the women. That I've, I've heard messages I, I need to say this first. I've heard messages so, I've heard nine wrong messages for every one right message I've heard out of these verses. Most of the time growing up, people would read, preachers would read the first two verses about the wives submitting to the husbands or the three verses of wives submitting to their husbands and they wouldn't read anything else. Submission, it's not slavery. God's not trying to enslave you to some man, but, but feminism and modern uh, uh, mindsets today would like you to think that way nor is it intended to be slavery your, your spouse, your husband is to remember and recall that God didn't give you a slave he gave you a helpmate he gave you someone to help you and bond together with you and, and grow a family with you and bless you through their service to you so it's important to recall that submission, you're a blessed man if you've got a wife that will submit biblically to you. And we'll talk about that in just a moment. But it's not slavery. So young women, please don't listen to the mindset of today's society of you're enslaving yourself if you choose to get married. A lot of people aren't. And you know what? If they're not going to be serious about it, it's probably best that they don't. It's a serious thing. But it's not slavery. Nor is it intended to be. God doesn't want that for you. He loves you, young ladies. He cherishes you. And when you marry, you marry a man, he is entrusting you to that man. And he expects that man to treat you the way he would treat you. I'm learning. I, I got a little girl, man. She's only three months old, but I'm already like, oh, man, breaking a sweat thinking about getting married and thinking about that one day and thinking about down the road and what that looks like. And I'm like, she can't get married till she's 40 is my rule right now. Maybe, maybe 39. But it's a scary thing, Scotty, thinking about my little girl. And it's really brought to attention to me the desire for her 
to realize what biblical marriage looks like. I read something the other day, a, a pastor I know, he said, the greatest marriage counseling for a young person is the 18 years that they live at home to see a biblical marriage. And I thank the Lord that I have good godly parents that, that were great examples to me. First time my parents, I ever recall them having a fight that I heard. I was probably 16 year old and I cried. I was like thinking I was a grown man, but I heard mom and dad fight one time and I cried. I was, I was tore up. But you know what? They kept, they kept the, the issues and the disagreements. They, they didn't involve their children in it. And I'm afraid that's what's harming children. That's what's warping the, the marriages that children are having is because they see mom and dad yell at each other. They see mom and dad cuss each other. They see mom and dad uh, uh, hit one another and do on and so, and so on and so forth. And they don't have biblical examples in the home and yet we wonder why the divorce rate has skyrocketed and we wonder why people don't even bother getting married anymore hey i wouldn't a young person if i saw that every day i wouldn't want to submit to something that was my example god's telling you there's a greater way there's a better way so this message is not to those that are in an unfair situation someone who's abusive or mean or ungodly or or whatever that's not what this message is to this message is to preserve to protect and hopefully promote biblical marriage. Wives, submission, it's not slavery, nor is it intended to be. Now, the, the last part of verse 22, it says, Wives, submit yourself unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. Your submission to your husband, what does that submission mean? I, I like what one man said about submission. He, he says that you, in, your, in your obedience to your husband, you think well of your husbands. You know, there's times... In, in marriage, it's just like you just look at each other and you think, what in the world? This, this is not the sweet first date person I, I met. This is not the person that, that I thought I was marrying. You're not the person I thought that I was getting into this with. And I just don't, you know, you get just angry at somebody. Why don't you treat me like you did when we first met? Why, don't, why isn't it like when we first got together? Why isn't it like when, we, when I first saw you? Man, you realize how close you've gotten to someone when those, those issues arise in your marriage. You realize how deep-rooted your, your, your relation to that person, when you become one flesh with somebody, man, it becomes difficult when you look at them and you try to have a productive conversation and it's almost like you're talking to yourself. I think it's a good sign of a strong marriage. You start looking like each other and you're kind of similar to each other and you kind of have your own way and hey that's a blessing but it's easy to get frustrated too because you feel like you're trying to tell yourself and explain to yourself how to think but they're thinking a different way you know why they're a different person they're a different part they have a different responsibility they have a different role in that marriage and so this submission this what, the, what he's saying is that this relationship for a wife they should think well of their husbands and there's plenty of times wives i'm sure you look at that man and you think what in the world did i do what did i sign up for what did i get myself into but submission is where you look at your husband and you pray for god to give you daily grace to say i love that man lord let me wake up in the morning and see in this man the reason I loved him to begin with. Let me see it refresh. And do we pray this? 
I, that's what I caught myself, Lord, help me to pray this. Help me to be challenged that I get up and I say, Lord, refresh in me the love for my spouse. Refresh it because if you don't, there ain't nobody else going to pray it for you. And people, people hear this and they're like, oh, no, it's fine. Start praying about it. You'll find you're, you're lacking in that area, I, I, I assure you. We all are. To get up and say, Lord, refresh in me the love that I have. Give me patience. That's what this is talking about, submission, is patience and peace and, and looking on your husband and without having to tell anybody or without having, having to tell them, just looking on them with love. Looking on them with love. Speaking becomingly of them. Lifting them up. This spouse, I, I love them and, and, and I see them and I, you, 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 you're, you look nice this morning or you, 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 I appreciate you doing this this morning. You know, men, we like that, don't we? Thank you for doing this. Thank you for doing this. Thank you for doing this. You know, go mow the grass every day and nobody ever says anything. It's kind of like, I'm just going to let it grow 10 feet tall. Nobody say anything. Men like that. And they ain't going to tell you they like it, but they do. Kind of gets their ego going a little bit. Because you know what? They get around other men and they'll be like, look what my lawnmower did. Son, that thing, I mean, it looks like a buzz cut out there. Look at that green grass out there. Just, just little stuff, ladies. I appreciate you doing this for me. I appreciate you doing this for our family. It looks great. I appreciate you taking care of our kids. I, I appreciate you taking that extra time you took with our son, with our daughter, whatever. Men appreciate that. That affirmation, those things, that's... That's a submission. You know why? Because you're exalting Him. You're choosing to lift Him up. You're choosing to, to, to praise Him. Even sometimes for the sake of ourselves. Like I said, we'll get on to men in just a minute. It's going to be fun. But that blesses God. When, I say, when you say, ladies, I love this man. Thank you, Lord, for this man. Give me new, uh, refresh my love for this man today. Help me to see things and help me to lift him up for things. Help me to affirm him for things he's done today and it also says respectfully of them the wife should take care of the family according to her husband's will but it should imitate him in what is good the good things in him our approach to our family dynamic to replicate the good things and when you can do your part I think it helps him to do his part, or at least I hope it does. If he's got a close relationship with the Lord, it will. Shelby said, we were talking about this, and she said, do you think I submit well to you? I said, you submit best when I'm who I need to be. Did you catch that? You submit best when I'm who I need to be. If Josh is who Josh needs to be, that helps my wife want to be who she needs to be. Ultimately, the responsibility comes back on the man, don't it? If I want my wife to be the wife that God has called her to be, I need to be the man that God's called me to be. Amen. We're getting into some stuff that people didn't preach on when I heard this growing up. It's commanded subscription, or su submission. It is Christ honoring there in the last part of verse 22, as unto the Lord. It honors Christ. It's commanded in verse 23 by Scripture. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, and he is the Savior of the body. 
the biblical order of the home is laid out right here in God's Word. Have you ever seen the picture? It's the umbrellas, and it starts God at the top, and then the church, and then the husband, and then the wife, and then the children. The umbrella, look it up, Google it. I'm sure you'd be easy to find. The biblical order of the home is laid out in God's Word. It's commanded by Scripture for the husband and the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, and He is the Savior of the body. We'll, we'll come back to that in just a moment. We'll dig into that when we go into some of these further verses about being the Savior of the body. This order, it follows the church. It follows the church. Christ is the head, the leader of the church. A healthy, a healthy church is when we let Christ move through the church. The order, it follows the church. In verse 24, it says, Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands and everything. The husband is the authority that leads the home. This is the hard part. Men are called to lead the home, and men are called to be the authority in the home for decisions that are made, for choices as far as business, for choices as far as where you go to church and where you do things. And I, I, don't, I think it's important that you have agreements. You have agreements on things. One thing I told Shelby that I appreciate that she does is she asked me this morning. She consulted me about buying diapers. And I, you know what? I would, I'm like, in my mind, I'm like, just go do it. But on the other side of things, you know what? I appreciate the, the spirit that's just like, hey, let's talk about this. I appreciate that. Things in my marriage are best when we just talk about things, even the small things. And authority in the church, Christ being the head, us in the church, that relationship is preserved and promoted best when we communicate about things, when we talk about things. Lord, let me talk to you about this. It might seem small to the world, but I'm going to talk to you about this. I appreciate that communication. That promotes the authority that the husband has to lead the home. And I appreciate that. You know what? When we have that communication, when we start coming across big issues and big conversations and big things to talk about, it makes it easier. We just talk about everything. We make decisions together about everything. And it's not that I'm going to say, well, we're going, to, we're going to go to this church because I say so. I have to, in turn, respect her. She'll come and talk to me about diapers. We need to be in agreement about buying diapers. Where are we going to buy diapers? How are we going to do it? Where are we going to go? It's small, but it's important that we're in agreement about things. Amen. Amen. I knew this would be a quiet, I mean, you know, I knew. I knew. But anyway, so it's important that we're in agreement, in agreement about things. That's the order of the church. That's the order of the home. It's important that we are in agreement. And that we don't do anything to tear down the agreement. So wives, submit to your husbands. But next, husbands, be husbands worth submitting to. This is where we're about to plow some ground because this is what I feel like is missed so much. Ladies, you get three verses, maybe four. There's one there towards the end. But men, there's a lot told to us about leading our homes. Realize that, that that bride, and this is what's easy to forget, men just click with a lot of things with each other. It's a funny relationship. It's just like, you just know how, we know how we feel. It's like I can just vaguely say something to Harley, and I'm like, you know what I mean? He's like, yeah, man, I know what you mean. And I'm like, that's what I love about it. We just get it. Men and women, we know, are not the same. I mean, I just, we just got to talk about it all. We got to break it all out. We got to break it all down. We got to talk about it all in detail. 
And I'm just like, Harley, you know what I mean? He's like, I know what you mean. I'm like, praise the Lord. We can go on home. I didn't know where I was going. But the relationship between a man and his wife, it's so different, isn't it? It's so different. We have to be careful to remember the sensitivity of our spouses, men. Because where you and I, we can, we can have a crossword, and before it's all said and done, we're good. Remember in elementary school, middle school, you know, boys, you have a fist fight. You'd be best friends by the time you'd leave. Girls are not like that. I saw some grudges start in kindergarten that still are there. Men, remember the sensitivity of that lady that God has put you with. I got to work on this because I'm, like I said, I want everything to be like, you know what I mean? And she's like, nope, I don't. We got to talk about it. And we're going to talk about it tomorrow at 10 o'clock in the morning. We're going to have a set time to discuss it. I'm like, no, just understand what I'm saying. You don't get it. And then it makes me mad. And then I'm like, well, I don't understand why you don't understand what I'm trying to say. I don't understand why we have to plan it out, why we have to talk about it tomorrow, why we have to set a plan. It's easy to get impatient is what I'm getting at. Am I just, am I just showing all my marriage problems or am I hitting on something somebody's dealt with in their life? Come on. Because like, I'm kind of feeling like I'm at confession here in a, in a way. <laughs> but I have to remember the sensitivity. God didn't. There's a relationship. Me and, me and my brothers, we can have. But man, there's a relationship. That relationship ends at the point the relationship's intended between me and my wife. And sometimes I wish we could just say, I got you. I understand. We're all good. They're different creatures, men. And God calls us to love them. And God calls us to steward them because he's trusted with us. And he's given us authority to lead the home. And he shows us and tells us in his word that our love towards them should reflect him and not be a dictatorship over them. We must remember that they're sensitive. We must, and I'm sorry, ladies, you're having to hear me tell the men this, but we must remember their sensitivity we must remember their nature. We must remember their thoughts and their thought processes. And we need to pour into that because you know what? They're a lot more sensitive than we are. And we need that. They are your greatest help, men. They're your greatest blessing. See, I can preach on this because I know this. I've been in this. It's all awkward about wives, but I know what it's like to be a husband. I know what it's like to get angry. I know what it's like to get frustrated because I don't understand the way that she thinks, but I'm starting to realize and understand my greatest advocate on this earth is my wife. I'm knowing and I'm understanding that she's the one that's helping me. She's the one lifting me up. She's the one pointing out things to me that I don't see. She's the one saying, hey, well, think about this or think about that. I promise you, Anything that, that, unless someone has told me not to tell anybody about it, anything that goes on, I talk to her about. Let's talk about this. Because you know what? Her viewpoints, I usually hold on to her viewpoints on, on a lot of things before I do mine. Because mine, just chop, chop. Nail down. Am I getting something this morning? I get aggressive about things. And I get frustrated about things. And I want to put the hammer down about things. But my sensitive, kind, loving wife points out things to me that I don't see. That's a blessing. And that's why in our relationship, 
It's a relationship, not a dictatorship. Verse 25. Husbands, love your wives even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. I've heard people say, I can't be a Christian. I've heard women say, I can't be a Christian because God's word tells me that, or God's word tells you or whoever that chooses to believe it, that I'm supposed to submit to a man. But I would contest to that lady that God's word says that a loving man will love his wife the way that Christ loved the church. You know what that means? In life, in death, in thought, in prayer, in action, in deed, in doing, in every moment of every day, he loves his wife and he prioritizes her. You know what? Like I said, men, be a man worth submitting to. When you want to be a man worth submitting to, it's easy to submit to Christ, is it not? Sometimes I'm in sin, I need him to straighten me out. But nine times out of ten, when I'm letting the Spirit move in my life, it's easy to submit to Christ. That's what, with the parallel, that relationship between Christ and the church and, and the man and his wife, that's why it's so important is when a man is who he needs to be, that should be a man that's easy to submit to. Ladies, if you won't submit to that, that's something wrong with you. You need to get right with the Lord. Men, if you're not being the man that, that is, is worth submitting to, you need to get right with God. That's pretty straightforward, pretty simple. That's the biblical order of the home. But we've got so messed up and mixed up today because we don't, I don't want to submit to no man. Or I'm going to tell my wife what she's going to do and when she's going to do it and what she's going to do for me and how she's going to do it for me and, and rule down on that woman. That's not right. It's not the biblical order of the home. Biblical order of the home. It's a relationship, not dictatorship. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church. Man, that's a huge sacrifice, ain't it? To the point that he would fast in the garden as we talked about in Sunday school this morning. The way he fasted to pray over his ultimate goal in his life. His ultimate end in his life would we not do good to fast over our relationship with our spouse, our wife. To love her and say, love her enough to say, Lord, I'm going to do without so she can be blessed. To go and every action and every deed be done in peace and harmony and holiness and godliness. We not do good to try to apply that to our relationships with our spouse. Men, what we need to be praying is, Lord, make me like you so that I can love her. That's the biblical order of the home. Verse 26, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word that he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. Christ perfect, purposed himself for the cleansing of the church, and our home should reflect this sanctification. The parallel between the church and Christ and the husband and the wife is, men, our homes are only as holy as we make them. Our homes are only as holy as we make them. If I'm going to say, Lord, I'm going to lay down myself for my home. I'm going to give myself and my moments, my, my minutes, my hours, my days, my thoughts, my prayers. I'm going to give that to my spouse, my wife, that one that you've entrusted me with, the one you've blessed me with. I'm going to give that for her. That reflects sanctification of Christ. Giving yourself as a sacrifice for that household. That's what we're called to do. 
But we get so caught up in our business of what we want to do and our aspirations. And our, I remember when I first got married, my dad always said this thing, you know, Shelby and I, before we got married, we'd, we'd be having a conversation about stuff that, man, I wish we still had issues as small as this to deal with today. And uh, dad would look at me and he'd say, for the rest of your life, for the rest of your life, for the rest of your life. And then got married. Kind of come over and went working with him one day, and me and Shelby disagreed on something, and I was just frustrated. He said, son, that's for the rest of your life. I'm thinking, Dad, this is encouraging. <laughs> we had a kid. Stuff come up. Get over. I wouldn't say anything because I don't want Dad to think I ain't doing it right. He just said, for the rest of your life. Men, we're called. Our lives are called to lead our homes. Our lives are called to lead our homes. That's for the rest of the life. You'll be a dad, you'll be a husband, you'll be a whatever, brother. You as a man, that's for the rest of your life. I also think about my dad and how when I was growing up, in the trucking industry, he, he uh, worked in freight in the late 90s, early 2000s. When I was a kid, you know, he worked usually for two or three different trucking companies. And he'd drive for 12 hours and go work the dock, and he'd come home and bloodshot eyes. He'd still have time for me and my brother to do stuff with us. and He still took us to do things, even though he was tired. And I know, I realize now, man, he didn't feel like doing any of this. But he did. He chose to. I think about my dad and how he sacrificed for our home his desires and maybe things, his desires shifted. You think, well, I want to, if I can just do this in life, I'll have success. But you realize you have children, you've got a family, you realize, Lord, if you'll just protect them, that'll be enough. If you'll just provide for our family, that'll be plenty. I saw that in my dad, and I saw the sacrifice that he made going and working such long hours and working in all kinds of different uh, places and doing anything he had to do to provide for our home and prioritizing that our mother could be there to be with us and, and, and prioritizing that we had clothes and that we had shoes and that we had all these things. And I think about the sacrifice of my dad, and it's a blessing. And I want to be that kind of man. But we were in Charleston, and vacation's not one th- something that we do a lot of in that side of that family. I didn't grow up doing a lot of it. We got them drugged to Charleston right before COVID hit. And uh, we were down in Charleston, and we were going through a graveyard. And there was a grave there in the graveyard from the 1800s. And it said, he said, I love this. He said, I want this on my grave. And I looked at it, and it said, satisfied. Satisfied. And I thought about that. You know, all the times that I've seen him sacrifice, and all the times that I've seen him uh, come in late and leave early, and all the hard work that I've seen, and all the, the effort that I've seen for all the things that he's done for me and my mother and my brother and our family, he's still satisfied. That's a blessing. I want to be that type of person. What this is saying here in these verses that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of the water by the word, that he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that that it should be holy and without blemish. So ought men to love their wives as their own bodies. He that loveth his wife loveth himself. Those verses, what they're saying, they're talking about sacrifice. The sacrifice of Christ is that he sacrificed himself for the betterment of the church. 
men, what God's calling us to do in the biblical order of the home is to sacrifice the things that we desire, the things we want to uplift our homes, to uplift our children, to uplift our spouses, to uplift that home that God's blessed us with. That's what God's calling us to do. We've got a great responsibility. We like to point out the power. We like to point out the authority. We like to think about, well, I'm in control. We like to say this. We like to say all that. We like to point out things that help us promote our viewpoint. But what God's saying is that your viewpoint should be as Christ was for the church, that he would give his very life's blood for it, that he would sacrifice every moment of every day, if needed, for that home that he's blessed you with. Verse 28, it says, So ought men to love their wives as their own bodies. He that loveth his wife loveth himself. You bless, when you, when you love your, your wife, you show that you value yourself. And what verse 29 says, For no man ever yet hated his own flesh, but nourisheth and cherisheth it, even as the Lord the church. You're not going to destroy your own body. You're going to prioritize number one. My grandfather always said he called himself Watash. You know what Watash means? Old number one. Watash. That's what he would jokingly call himself. Watash is going to do this. Watash is going to do that. I got to thinking about that, and he was the most selfless person I'd ever met. And just joking usually when he said that, usually. But isn't that the mindset of us individually? Old number one. Old number one. Let's read these last few verses and we'll be done. For we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. Verse 31. For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother, and shall be joined unto his wife, and they too shall be one flesh. Old number one ceases to exist when you get married. You get married, old number one is your bride. When you get married, old number one is the groom. When you get married, old number one is that person that God joins you with. And that's the way it's supposed to be. It's not about you anymore. Anybody considering getting married, that's what I would tell you. That verse was read to me right there. Shall be joined. For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother and shall be joined unto his wife. And they too shall be one flesh. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. He gives us the church and our Lord as the example, the parallel example of what he's meaning in these scriptures. In verse 33, he says, Nevertheless, let every one of you in particular so love his wife, even as himself, and the wife see that she reverence her husband. I'm calling to you this morning. I'm challenging you with this morning. Men, when you have problems relationally with your, mar your, your marriage, with your wife, let's break the habit of saying, well, they don't do this or they don't do that. I've heard people go as far to say, well, I, if I just had a different wife, that's definitely not the way to look at it. If God's joined you with a Christian, God's given you, a, he's blessed you. If you're married to someone that loves the Lord, what a blessing that is. 
If they don't, I'd pray for them to get saved. That'd fix a lot of your marriage issues right there. But you look at your marriage and survey that. And remember, men, it's easy to point out, well, if she'd just do this, she'd just do that. She doesn't understand this. She doesn't understand that. The Word tells us, let every one of you in particular so love his wife even as himself. Put her first. And ladies, it's easy to look at men and say, well, if I could just do it my way, the way I think is right, the way that that I I see fit, the way I, I think is right, our home would be better off or it would be better this way. That's not how God designed it. That man will stand before God and he'll answer for what went on in his home. I believe he's held solely responsible for his home. Remember that. Respect him in that. That he's got to stand before God and answer for how he manages and leads his home. I wonder if anyone has anything. If you would stand. Brother Sam, could you play something softly? I've not been married that long, but married just long enough to know it's not easy. And know that it takes submission by man and woman to the will of the Lord and to his word and to the order given in his word to see a home have any kind of success. I wonder this morning, while Brother Sam plays, if you have a need or if you just say, hey, I want to pray for my marriage. I want to pray that God, you'd strengthen my marriage. This altar is open. Don't feel like anybody's going to judge you because if they're married, they got their own problems. They probably need to come pray too.